Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Polter Gals. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Polter Gals. Welcome back to another episode of the Polter Gals. Um, today, we're headed right up the road on I-35 up to yeah. Austin, Texas. Oh. That's right. The capital of Texas is one of the spookiest places for obvious reasons. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the Driscoll. Yeah. Because that's one of the most haunted hotels and locations in all of Texas. Um, I know we try to try and stick around our, our home roots um, as far as the tree roots go. Um, and this one's pretty close by. Um, now, that doesn't stop us from having, like, there's like what, like a six-month wait for rooms at the Driscoll right now? I have no idea. Yeah. I just do the research. They book out so fast because they are, in fact, haunted. Um, but, yeah, so now we're going to get into the history and then we'll get into the hauntings. Allison, how was your day? Apparently a lot better than yours. Yeah. I had a bad day. And I woke up at 3 a.m. I had a tummy ache. I couldn't go back to sleep. And then finally I went to sleep. And I woke up and I still had a tummy ache. And then on my way to work, I rode my bicycle and I got a flat tire. Yeah. So pretty sad. But anyway, we're having fun now, right? I uh, I woke up at 3 a.m. <gasps> with a bladder ache. The, the witching hour. But mine was a little bit easier. You just had a pipe. I went pipe too. It's I not... Do you think we were like king at the same time? That would be a little. Weird. Do you think we're we're sister pisters? <laughs> no, I don't want to think about that. Can someone please trademark that sister pisters? No, I want it down. I want. I, I, we should get that tattooed for our next tattoo. Oh no! PP and at the same time at three a.m. Anyway, Allison. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get started. Okay. Also, be sure to tune in for a uh, terrifying tale. Oh if, yeah. Uh, because we are going to cover this one for that. Whoop, whoop. So that'll be kind of fun. Yeah, so if you guys haven't noticed, we've been doing a Friday upload and now a Tuesday upload. Yep. Please go listen to them all. Well, let me just tell you, those Tuesday uploads are going to kill me because, oh my, those are a whole <laughs> lot of work. A lot of work. Yikes. Um, and then hopefully we're hoping to do more like audio drama style soon. So oh. we got a lot of plans for the future, yes. Allison, don't we? Um, thanks for bearing yeah. with us for a whole We're year. We're now on year two, so you Woo! know what that means. Bigger and better. Bigger and better. We just yep. got to keep trying, and to anybody that has listened to us from the beginning, thanks. Yeah. But also, we're sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. Year two means, uh... No one has left us a bad review yet, though, right? I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> I have not even bothered to look at it, because... <laughs> You're like, I'm scared. <laughs> Well, if you leave a bad review, like we'll read it on the stupid, show. We will we're read it on the show. Aware of we how know. Stupid we are, so that's not really a bad review. That's just that's just a review. That's period. Period. P e r i d t. Is that like period? Um. But yeah. So <laughs> so back to the Driscoll. <laughs> so this was it's one of the oldest hotels in Texas. Ooh. So. 
there's a lot to be told about it. It is a romance style building completed in 1886 and like I said the oldest operating hotel in the in Austin if not Texas and if not the United, the United States, States of America. Yeah. And it is best it's one of the best known hotels in Texas because well it's well known. It, it's just a okay, it just is. don't get like over you. it. <laughs> Listen, don't Texas, worry about it. Texas can't help that we're the greatest country, <laughs> I mean state, <laughs> in the world. So, just just get over yourself. You're fine. The Driscoll was conceived and built by, lo and behold, Colonel Jesse, Jesse Driscoll. Wow, I wonder where it got a name from. I know, right? It's crazy how uh, people back then were so uncreative. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> he was a cattleman who spent a fortune construction, constructing the finest hotel south of St. Louis. Louis. Do, can yes. you do that like with a more country accent? Like, the finest hotel south of St. Louis. Do it, Allison. I already have a few. That means I really have to enforce my country Force accent. Force it, do it. <laughs> Allison, show us your countryside. We're talking about Austin, Texas. Also, have you ever heard me say burger? Burger? Yeah. <laughs> you say it's burger? It's a burger. A burger. Like a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> that one gets me. Yeah. Do you say, like, up on the roof? 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 It's roof. Like, R-U-F-F. Roof. I know. I say roof. You say roof? I don't know. Sometimes my country slicks out. Like, I don't know. It yeah, that, that's out a little one bit. thing. The only word I could never get right is burger. I get I get a little I get a little ghetto, but also I get a little country. So that's like a mix of like ghetto and country, and that's what happens when you grow up in the middle of nowhere in the rural rural Texas. So that's fun. <laughs> rural, rural Texas. You know what's weird? Huh? I'm gonna go a little bit more south in mm-hmm. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So most of my family's from there. Wow. And my grandma's like, yeah. I don't know if y'all know this, but y'all definitely have a twang accent. A twang. It's and okay. I'm like, mm. I feel like some people always ask me, like, where are you from? And I was like, uh, here? They're like, no, but, like, where are you from? I was like, I've lived here for, like, 14 years. And, like, I grew up in Texas. They're like, well, you don't really have a Texas accent. I'm like, I have a little bit of a Texas accent. Like, sometimes I hear it, you know? It just depends on, like, what I'm saying and, like, what's the vibe. But, I, yeah, the vibe is... The finest hotel south of St. Louis. Yeah. Right? Like, that's how you say that. Like, there's no other way to say that sentence without adding that that twang. Gotta have that southern bell, that little southern twang. It's delicious. Texas accents are delicious. Mm, Tasty. It was like when we had a shout-out Infernal Foulness and his Australian accent. If you guys haven't listened to that episode. His accent. Oh, People love an, love, love an Aussie accent. Dude. And then some of his postings about some of his newest investigations. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Shout out. We'll, we'll do a little posting. We got you, yeah. Sean. We miss yeah. you. We need to do another uh, interview with you. So. <laughs> Have fun. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See you later, Sean. See you later, Sean. <laughs> but back to the Driscoll. Anyway, sorry. We, we had to go on a Texas tangent. Since we had to go travel to San Antonio and from San Antonio mm-hmm. go back to Australia. And, now and we then from Australia back to Austin. Yeah, so we have to come <laughs> back to Austin now. <laughs> so, of course, was Colonel Jesse's baby, in a sense. Mm-hmm. 
the Driscoll remains one of the most premier hotels in Austin, featuring a lavish bridal suite, two restaurants, and a grand ballroom. Wow. This hotel has been operated by Hyatt Hotels Corporation since 2013. Wow. And the hotel was listed in the Nas- National Register of Historic Places as of November 25th in 1969. Wow. The Driscoll is composed of two interconnected buildings. The original four-story Romanesque Revival Building. Romanesque. I think you're right. Romanesque. Romanesque, yeah. Uh, which was constructed in 1886, which was the original building, mm-hmm. and a 13-story annex constructed in 1930. Wow, that's old. Yeah. So it's... Uh, oh, it was in the 1800s, so you know it's yeah. going to be spooky. Exactly. Everything spooky happens in the 1800s. Yeah, everything good. When it comes to spooky, (laughs) happens in the 1800s. Duh. Apparently, something spooky is happening right now. (laughs) I don't know if you guys could hear that, but the roof is making Um, a noise. I'm scared. It just might be the ghost of Thomas. Ooh, the ghost of Thomas. (laughs) Anyway. So, the original building was designed by local Austin architect Jasper N. Preston, which was constructed over... with over six million pressed bricks and white limestone accents. You know what they say about limestone, right? Yes. It's haunted. It haunted. Helps the spookiness. Limestone is a, what is it? Not an inhibitor. What's the opposite? Uh, it's it like, like broadcasts spookiness. It like, yeah, it helps intensify it. Like there you go. A conductor. Yeah, a conductor of spookiness, if yeah. you will. So the building contains two portics. What what is that word? Donde? That one. Porticos. Porticos. Wow, that's a uh, yikes. Porticos. Portable buildings. I think. I don't know. <laughs> that's sad. Can that be the word of the week? Porticos. Yes. I don't even know what that is. So. Oh look, we're both getting educated then. Yay. So two porticos on the southern and eastern facades with, con- which contain large Richardson style arcs. That were reputed to be the largest in Texas. The facade contains three limestone busts of the Driscoll and his sons, J.W. Bud, J.W. and in co- quotations, Bud, Bud. Driscoll, <laughs> facing Brazos Street, and A.W. in quotations, Tobe. I think it's Toby. Toby. Who goes by Toby? Hi, my name's Tobe. <laughs> Who goes by? Tobe? It's like Joe, but with a T. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, Toby Driscoll facing an alley w- on the west side. Uh, and Jesse Driscoll facing 6th Street, whose bus is surrounding by decorative carvings, including longhorns on the gable ends. Gable, gabble. Gable, gabble. It was the House of Gables all over again. <laughs> I know. House of Gables. And of Green Gables. <laughs> and of Green Gables. Who knows? It's the gobble gobbles. <laughs> Gobbled your last ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> so the hotel originally opened with 16 rooms, including 12 corner rooms with attached baths, a rare featuring in hotels of the region at the time. At the center of the hotel was a four-story opening rotunda capped by a domed skylight, Ooh. which functioned as a flue to suck up the hot air and cool the building. Because if anybody knows anything about Texas, it's, it's hot. hot. <laughs> because currently we're still going through our uh, awesome weather change. Of climate weather. change. Yeah, 
Climate change is real. Go out. Vote. It, it's, <laughs> just, it's just November, and we're still getting, like, 80, 90 degree weather. This episode is recorded on November 3rd. Will this come out in time to get people to go vote? Go vote from the Poltergals. Vote for the Poltergals. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Poltergals for Congress. Let's go. Poltergals for Congress. <laughs> so, despite <laughs> the Congress thing, yes, it is, you know, in the right city of our lovely capital. In Austin, yeah. Yeah. But, unfortunately, the skylight was removed when air condition was installed in the, in the 1950s. That sucks. The building was designed for separate entrances for men and women. Two entrances, uh, so basically two entrances, one on the s- side of 6th Street and another facing the alleyway on the west side of the building were reserved for men and were flanked by a saloon, mm-hmm. billiard room, cigar shop, and newsstand, Ooh. and a barber shop featuring baths. Ooh. The women's entrance on Brazos Street allowed female guests to proceed directly to their rooms thereby avoiding the cigar smoke and rough talk of the cattlemen in the lobby. Rude, but I understand. I mean, it's kind of nice. I mean, I get it, but also, like, sexism. (laughs) Yes. Women's rights. Women's rights. Again, vote for us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. We have them. We have some of them. Some of them. Some of them are being revoked, but you know what? Let's not talk about that. (laughs) The second floor contained the main dining room and ballroom, Separate parlors for, again, men and women, uh, as well as a children's dining room and bridal suites. Other establishments include an electric bell system, marble burrows, and steam heating and gas lighting. Wow. Yeah. It's all that fancy stuff. Yeah, that was like primo back in the day. Yeah. Primo. High-end luxury. What is this? (laughs) H-E-B? Primo (laughs) picks. Just some Texas humor for you. Yikes. You Anybody know. listening not in Texas will never understand. No. We're not going to have any listeners outside of Texas. Someone from like, <laughs> sorry, Australian <laughs> listeners, if we have any. I'm so sorry for anybody that does not have an H-E-B. Yes, we, we, we're we sorry also. Also, shout out to all the Dallas people just now getting one. Yay. You'll understand our language. Go out to Plano. Shout out. They did yes. a million dollar weekend, their opening weekend for the Dude, new H-E-B. That is insane. Wild. Also, can I say... I do not miss the grand opening. <laughs> no. Because I went to go help with Lubbock. You did? I did. Oh, my gosh. And Lubbock is terrible. Don't go out to Lubbock. First of all. Sorry, any Lubbock listeners. First of all, <laughs> it is. I graduated from Texas Tech. I understand. I am sorry for my language, but it is a dusty-ass town. I'm from Odessa, Texas. That so. deserves zero population. See, this is why I get that mix of ghetto and country. It's because of <laughs> because of West Texas. Blame West Texas on everything. A dust bowl of nothing. Yes, that's all it is. The only good it has is literally tech. Yeah. And even then the buildings are all sand colored. So it blends in. It with does. Everything. But the terracotta roof's kind of pretty, but like like not as pretty as Baylor. Sad. No. Sad. No. Sad to say. I know. Honestly, MCC is actually prettier than Lubbock campuses. Lubbock campuses. So, dude, MCC's campus is on point. On point. On point. They're also one of the highest-rated community colleges. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure in the United States, if not, I think they're like listed in the top ten of Texas. So, dude, MCC is great. Yeah, I think they were ranked number four last. If I was ten right, ten out of ten recommend. Ten out of ten. Yes. Go to college, vote, get educated, learn more history, and then go do some hauntings. <laughs> 
don't so, like do hauntings like yeah don't find, haunt places don't haunt places find the hauntings. find the hauntings that are already existing yeah. <laughs> don't do the hauntings find the hauntings. yeah there you go <laughs> just some advice so back to this back to the uh, from sorry the another we're getting tangent. too many texas tangents why are we doing texas stuff this always happens i know this is talk about a 30 minute episode that's non-existent thanks for listening guys we appreciate you <laughs> Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, <laughs> and uh, anyway, and Patreon. <laughs> back to the show from the mini little commercial break. Uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so this 13-story annex designed by the El Paso architect from First Trust and Trust. Wow, again. Trust and Trust. Again. It's like the, <laughs> what is it, this like sun and sun or whatever? Yes, dude. Why um, do they do that? Like it doesn't make any sense. No, just do it. From trust and trust. Oh, I get it. Okay, just pick Great. from trust. Like, just pick. Just it's do the, the same. trust company. Yeah, like, or why? something simple. Don't. If Johnson and Johnson. Like, why? why? It doesn't matter. Like, why just not just say the Johnson company? Yeah, I don't understand. You anyway. Don't, we, we get your last name. We get it. You we don't, get it. It's so nice you don't have to say it twice. <laughs> Please don't. Yikes. Another side tangent. Okay, well, <laughs> are we ever going to get through this episode? <laughs> so this opened in 1930. And this was the 180-room annex. Contains a bungalow. Bungalow? A bungalow? A bungalow. <laughs> bungalow. <laughs> because it has the bugs. No, those no tex- bugs. Those Texas bugs. No bugs. The crickets. I do not want any bugs in my hotel room. Thank you. Aww. You don't like sleeping with crickets? Jiminy no. Cricket. I'm going to give you nope. some advice. Nope, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> oh, man. You don't want to be a real boy? No. <laughs> good. <laughs> thanks, though. So, this was originally used as a private residence by superintendents of the South Pacific Railroad, Mm -hmm. but was later rented to high-profile guests, including Jack Dempsey, Bob Hope, and President Lyndon Johnson. President Johnson, yeah. Lyndon B. Johnson. Lyndon B. Johnson, yep. Wow. He has a whole library dedicated to him in Austin, Texas. (gasps) crazy wow it's almost like that's where all right, right all right he, all right that's matthew mcconaughey hey let me enjoy is, my texas is, moment okay? he is teaching at the university of texas right now so isn't that crazy that he graduated from ut wild and then like now he's back guess who's back 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 again 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 all right all right all right 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 <laughs> all right all right all right let's get back to this history <laughs> yikes so, in 1979, the hotel manager resorted the bungalow, mm-hmm. since somebody doesn't like bugs, <laughs> to use as his high-profile resident. Jesse Driscoll mm-hmm. was, of course, before having this hotel, was a successful cattle baron mm-hmm. who had moved to Texas from Missouri in 1849. Flush with cash from his service to the Confederate Army, to which he supplied beef throughout the Civil War, hmm. decided to diversify by constructing the constructing this grand hotel in Austin. In 1884, Driscoll purchased land at the corner of 6th and Brazos for $7,500. Wow. And announced his plans That's for the hotel. That's $7,000 for 6th and Brazos? I know, right? That's millions of dollars now. Yeah. For anybody and that does not know. Yeah. Don't you worry. It gets a little bit insane and wow. expensive. Ooh, money, money, money. Yeah. So the hotel held a grand opening 
on, in December of 1886 and was featured in a special edition of the Austin Daily Statesman. On basically the new year of 1887, Governor Sol Ross held his inaugural ball in its ballroom, beginning a tradition of every Texas governor since. In May of 1887, less than a year after it opened, Driscoll was forced to close the hotel as he could no longer afford to operate the hotel following a harsh winter and drought that killed his cattle inventory. Yeah. So in addition to S.E. That's a whole lot of L's. Yeah. The hotel's general manager and half the staff were hired by the Beach Hotel in Galveston. Ooh, should we do the Beach Hotel in Galveston next? I wonder if they're haunted. Probably. I'd have to look it up. They were hired in which expedition the closure. Uh, Driscoll sold the hotel in 1888 to his brother-in-law, Jim, in parentheses, Doc Day, who reopened the hotel in... January of 1888. I love so all these like country nicknames. Like we I got know. Doc, we got Toby. What was the other one? I don't know. <laughs> it's in the notes. It was. Oh gosh, we're gonna Bud. Bud. Bud, Doc, and Toby. Yeah, which is a little scary. Uh, Austin magnated. Austin magnet George Littlefield response for other Austin landmarks, such as the Little House, Littlefield House, opened in the Austin National Bank on the southeast corner of the building. Mm-hmm. The old bank vault still remains. Littlefield later purchased the hotel for a hundred and six thousand dollars in eighteen ninety five. Wow! And vowed that it would never close again. Littlefield invested over sixty thousand dollars in renovations. Oof. Including new ceilings, electrical lighting, steam heating, and a 28 additional lava- lavatories. Lavatories. Fancy word for bathrooms. Yeah. So, uh, but later sold the hotel at a loss of twenty-five thousand dollars in 1903 wow. to a banking competitor, which was Wilmont. Under Wilmont's ownership, the hotel was managed by hoteler WLA. Hotelier, hoteler. We've said it a thousand times on the show. <laughs> what makes you think I pay? I like hoteler better. That gives hoteller. me more. A hoteler. Yeah, it's a person that runs a hotel. I mean, duh, you're not wrong. <laughs> duh. <laughs> Who went by the name of L. W. Stark? Mm-hmm. Stark? Tony Stark? Stark Industries? Wow. Oh, this no. is where the MCU starts. I <laughs> know. Oh man. <laughs> But he had added the barbershop and woman's spa featuring Turkish baths oversee or oversaw the construction of the annex and adorned adorned? Yeah. Adorned the f- the former smoke room with eight antique Austrian gold leaf framed mirrors Ooh. previously owned by Maximilian. Mm-hmm. Maximilian and Charlotte of Mexico. Wow. In 1950, the hotel embarked on another renovation, which closed off the 6th Street entrance and removed the rotunda skylight Mm -hmm. to make way for air conditioning units on the roof. And in 1952, the former Austin National Bank was transferred into a television studio for KTBC, the very first television station in Central Texas. 
1969, the Driscoll closed its guest rooms in anticipation for renovation, a new tower containing a modern glass facade, which was never materialized. Most of its furnishing was sold, and an American statesman article declared Driscoll Hotel's fate sealed. The hotel was saved from the wrecking ball at the very last minute by basically a non-profit organization called the Driscoll Hotel Corporation raised about $900,000. Wow. So, yeah, it was, again, one of those, like, citizens thing. Yeah, kind of like what happened with the baker. Yeah. Yeah. So they they formed a group and raised enough money to save the hotel. Wow. Uh, Braniff International Hotels Incorporated, a division of Braniff Airways Incorporated of Dallas, Texas, bought the hotel in 1972 and began, once again, a renovation of $350,000 to the Grand Lobby of the strong bookings of conference business, Braniff threw an official grand reopening celebration on February 10th of 1973. Wow. Over a thousand guests attended the gala event that included a parade of every Texas governor and or their descendants. Oh, that's cute. Since 1886. All proceeds from the event went to the Austin Heritage Society, who was strategically instrumental to the resurrection of the hotel. Wow. In 1995, the Driscoll was purchased by Great American Life Insurance, mm-hmm. who embarked on a $30 million renovation Oof. to restore the hotel to its original appearance. Wild. Which was heavily modified over the years. Mm-hmm. The hotel was closed for four years for renovation work, and was then reopened in the millennium, celebrating on December thir- 31st of 1999. Wow. So now we're caught up. Yeah. Just before the turn of the decade. Wow. And They really thought, like, Y2K, we're going to be taken yeah. out. Might as well open this gosh darn hotel. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, in 2013, the hotel was once again purchased by, of course, the Hyatt Hotels Corporation for $85 million. $85 million schmackaroos. Yes. So that kind of tells you how much money was actually put into this hotel. <laughs> like and I said, millions. Yes. And if you add up all those dollars, I'm sure it is billions of how much money went into this hotel. But wait, there's more. <laughs> yes. Who? So... This corporation embarked on another $8 million <laughs> renovation God. to the hotel. Hyatt then sold the hotel once again to Dallas-based Woodbine Development in May of 2022. Hey! So just this year. Yay! For $125 million. I'm having a heart attack. I That's know. so much money. I cannot imagine, like, like they having that much money. Pretty much doubled. Wow. What they bought this for. Wow. <laughs> which is insane good job good job them but also wild (laughs) good job hyatt hotels but yikes but i mean i guess that makes sense when you put eight million dollars in renovations and it had what another 30 minute million just 10 years just just keep putting a couple million dollars in every couple years i'll be fine (laughs) yeah uh so but and Go back a little bit from this. In 1908, the Daughters of the Republic of Texas met at the Driscoll Hotel to discuss the fate of the Alamo. 
uh, in San Antonio. Oh, interesting. So this is kind of like a little fun Ooh. fact section. And of if you um, listen to this week's, wait, is it this week's Terrifying Tales? Yes. It will be about <laughs> the Alamo. Yes. And then if you guys want to like go back, back, we actually had a whole episode a whole about the Alamo. Episode. It was like one of our early ones, so again, yes. just, just go yes. and listen to but it. But you know. But you know it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a good time with the Poltergals. Is it? Yeah. You're fun with me, right? <gasps> hey, Ghost, how you doing up there? You doing great? I'm crying. <laughs> Bless your heart, Debbie. But anyway, that's interesting. Yeah, so just a little bit of fun facts. Um, what was that? Oh, yeah, right there. <laughs> right there. At this meeting, a divide between two factions of the group erupted over whether to demolish or preserve the structure. Hmm. On October 12th of 1931, Louis Armstrong opened a three-day performance at the Driscoll Hotel. That's fun. Yeah. And in attendance with Charles Black, a freshman at University of at Texas in Austin at the time, who cited the performance as inspiration for his interest in race and civil rights. Wow. In 1934, future president Lyndon Johnson, Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Met his future wife, Claudia Taylor, for their first date at the Driscoll Dining Room. That's so sweet. It became his campaign headquarters during his congregational career, especially during his famous 1948 Senate race, and became a favorite place on return trips to Austin during his presidency. Mm -hmm. He watched the results of the 1964 presidential election from its presidential suite and addressed supporters from its ballroom after his victory. Oh, that's so cool. So I got yeah. goosebumps. That's, Th- that's really cool. We got a lot of history here. Yeah. I like this little fun fact section. So another lovely president, mm-hmm. Bill Clinton. I wouldn't say lovely, but that's fine. You know what? <laughs> uh, I'm choosing to overlook the... <laughs> The factual stuff that's going uh-huh. on here. Wow, so we really are doing this just in time for election season. This <laughs> right? episode is in a timely manner. Hey, man, you get you know, I just felt it in the heart, and I was like, I oh, gotta wait. get it out. I went vo- I voted before I came and did my Nawako episode. And you didn't bring your sticker I'm back? Sorry, I don't have my sticker with me, but I did in fact oh. go out and vote for the Poltergeist <laughs> again. <laughs> anyway, so... Bill Clinton stayed in the four-room Cattle Baron suite when he visited Austin in 1999. And on, sadly, 9-11. Oh, no. Literally, 9-11. Wow. 9-11, 2001. Uh, President George Bush's daughter, Jenna Bush, was relocated to the hotel by the Secret Service in the wake of the terrorist attacks earlier that day that's interesting which is insane but very but they moved her for her safety to the driscoll hotel wow like wow 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 that's crazy yikes and on march 17th 2018 bill murray yay bill murray gets to get a shout out on an episode bill murray and celeste john vogler recited Mm -hmm. the poem dog by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Ber- yeah, I'm sorry. You're Ferlinghetti. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. I <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna even butcher your name. I'm so sorry for <laughs> living. But Lawrence, shout out to you. <laughs> sorry, you over here. That got me. <laughs> Listen, English is not my forte. 
which is why we have a whole podcast in which you just hear us talk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From the front steps of the Driscoll Hotel to promote the film Isle of Dogs during the 2018 South by Southwest Festival. Cool. So from there is commercial break. Commercial break. And now a word from our sponsors. Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, foes, and heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe especially golden age stuff oh golden age stuff is always the best and we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness of everything that's right so subscribe today and uh, follow us on instagram at bros bros heroes and if you don't i know where you live not really but please subscribe (laughs) bros and bros and heroes Gonna tell you about frozen, frozen heroes. Gonna tell you about. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music. And we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. <laughs> and uh, on this episode of the Portugals, we have uh, everything awesome has happens in Texas. Yeah, Texas is a pretty great state. Yep. Shout out, shout out, Texas, Texas rocks. Yep, because uh. Yeah, if you haven't come, you need to come visit us. Yeah. Because Texas, once again, is great. We love you, Texas. Also, don't forget to vote. Vote for Texas being the greatest country. I mean, state. (laughs) Vote however you want to vote, but at least do it. Use your civic duty and go out and vote. And (laughs) be sure to vote Portugals. Portugals for Congress. Yes. I don't know when we're going to ever run. Also, I wasn't born in America, so I don't even know if I'm allowed to do that. Um, were you <laughs> born on American soil? I don't know. I was born in Germany. <laughs> on, a, on an Air Force base? No. Well, technically. I was born in Schweinfurt, Bavaria, listen, in Schweinfurt, listen, like in, in their listen, community hospital. Technically, you are 
I'm an citizen. American citizen. I just because, was not born in America. Because you I'm were sure military baby, so you really didn't have much of a choice. All right. Then you Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And now, back to the show. Anyways, back to the show. Hi, and we're back. So you know it's time to get into the hauntings. So uh, I decided to add another fun fact section before yes. we even got into do it. Do you like a little boop, 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 boop? Like a little boop, boop, boop? Sure. All right. Fun facts. This building was <laughs> established in 1885. Oh. It was, in fact, built on haunted land, and it is the site of a tragic, unaliving Unaliving. Unaliving. Um, also known as a sewer slide. Um, anyway, so <laughs> that's pretty sad. Um, so we're going to get started. So as you guys know, again, um, there's a lot of political history and a lot yep. of crazy things that happen here. So the first story I'm going to tell is that of the senator's daughter. Ooh. Ooh. So guests of the Driscoll frequently report a young female poltergeist darting along the grand staircase of the mezzanine. According to local lore, this female apparition is, in fact, the senator's daughter. Oh. So this all began back in 1887, when the Driscoll was hosting a special function for that year's legislative session. Since the Texas State Capitol was still under construction at the time, the Senate opted to hold their session at, their session at the Driscoll instead. So, again, more cool political history with the Driscoll. Fun! So, during the event, the senator handed his daughter a ball to distract her while he was doing, you know, business, right? As Political they do. Political stuff. Political business. Um, and I, s- I need to stop saying um. If I say um, just like slap me. It's okay. I say um kind of like <laughs> <laughs> Allison edited it all out in post. <laughs> anyway. Good luck, good luck uh, future Allison. <laughs> good luck, future Allison. <laughs> Thanks, Editor Allison. With her hand, with her ball in hand, the sweet girl skipped over the staircase. She was bouncing the ball up and down when it went sailing from her grasp. 
She tried to grab it, but only succeeded in tumbling down the steps herself. Some believe the little girl actually died from a broken neck at the base of the stairs. While her spirit is seen throughout the hotel, she's most often spotted near a fifth-floored portrait of a young girl holding flowers. The young girl goes by the name of Samantha, not Sally, not a little Aww. Sally, a little Samantha, um, leading paranormal enthusiast to believe she's actually the hotel's youngest poltergeist. How nice, but also not. That's a tragic story. <laughs> Very tragic. Uh, while there's no evidence to tie the spirit to the picture, paranormal disturbances repeatedly occur near that painting. The spirit friendly the spirit is very friendly and is known to actually play with other children in the rooms or in the halls. When parents ask their child who they're playing with, one of the most common responses is always Samantha. Dun, dun, dun. You know what I just realized? What? While I was listening to that? Yeah. We need to go get spooky stuff. Spooky since stuff? Since it's on clearance. Oh, yeah. We got to go dig around. I went to Spirit Halloween actually yesterday and I spent $100. On what? <laughs> on what? Uh, the half price spooky stuff. We need more decorations. Do we need more decorations? We have a cute little ghost for those of you who are watching on YouTube. Yeah. We got a cute little ghost light. I got a little ghost pumpkin. Where'd you what get more? the ghost pumpkin? I got the ghost pumpkin from Target. I got the ghost light from Five Below, and then I don't know where the cauldron came from. I think we just had that. So we just have cauldrons. Five Below, and then Target, and Walmart, and then Spirit of Halloween. You want to go after this? Let's go. Woo! That's it. It's done. That was your target commercial for the <laughs> for the and second commercial break. Um, you mean the third at this third point. commercial break? Sorry. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Um, up you next, mean back to the haunting. Back to the hauntings. Uh, <laughs> up next, the next story I'm going to tell is that of Colonel Jesse Driscoll. So, if you remember in the history, <gasps> he's the one that helped start the hotel. Owner slash founder mm-hmm. since the hotel's 1886. Namesake. There you go. Um, so the Helto's namesake, Colonel Driscoll, is another resident poltergeist. When Driscoll owned the hotel, he was known for standing in the lobby to make small talk with hotel guests as they came in. And his lips were always billowing cigar smoke. So what do we know about smoking? Smoking and smells. Oh, they're very strong in the afterlife. Um, I said that the other day in Bath and Body Works, and my friend was literally going to fight me. Because she's like a very like ghost skeptic. Um, if you're listening, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, and <laughs> in that case, you need to come with us yeah. and we'll go investigating at the Bath and, and Body Works. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, they got plenty of stuff to that smells wash their hands and wash their polter, polter goo off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like a uh, Amityville, you gotta wash the goop off the ghost goop. Ew, gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was he was a cigar smoker back in the day. Um, but funny story, the hotel was actually a non-smoking hotel. <laughs> so How is that? he was like he was like I'm the owner. I'm allowed to smoke, but no one else is allowed to. So the hotel is non-smoking, but many people actually still claim to catch a scent of cigars. Um, so maybe the cigar smoke is in fact a tribute to the Colonel Driscoll. Um, and then one of the fun stories I have is but. What? But what? How do you get? How do you become a colonel? How do you? This is gonna sound stupid, and I I'm know sure it was probably like I he was in the confederate. Because remember, wasn't he in the confederate? I know that the. Then he provided them beef or something. Yeah, I know. Like you become a colonel out of rank, but. Mm-hmm. He was. Like, and I know Mike's gonna boy. make fun of me. 
for this, but how do you become kernelized? I want to become a kernel, a popcorn kernel. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How do you become kernelized? Is that not the technically the term? Can we ask? Can, can we, the poltergeist, is that what we need to be voted in for? Is to become kernels? Welcome to Colonel Poltergals. I'm Colonel Debbie, and this is Colonel Allison, and we're here to report <laughs> the spookiest news of the military. <laughs> I don't know. Can we do that? No, I don't you're, think so. Your dad still has connections, right? No. Oh man. <laughs> Not true. Not true at all. <laughs> so that means we need to go to police department? Maybe. Wait. Become colonelized? C- can your dad colonize us? Hmm. Ask him. Call him up. Dad. Call I'm going to ask my dad's so best friend because he's a state trooper. Yeah. Be like, I need you to colonelize us? Colonel me. I'm going to be a colonel. Anyway. Oh, he's going to give us a sticker. We'll get the little, like, deputy badges <laughs> that they the give, like, children. Toy, yeah, yeah, the, the little toy, toy ones. ones. <laughs> and be like, there you go. There you go. Um, but, yeah, so Colonel Driscoll, who knew? Um, <laughs> I need to stop saying, um, sorry, guys. On one occasion, a security guard was working overtime when he actually caught the strong scent of a cigar. Leaning over the balcony to see if he could catch the culprit, he then heard a male voice behind him say, Got a match? Oh. Should I say that a little more country? Got a match? Got a match? Got a match? Got a match? Um, and then, God, I said, um, um, he whipped around to find that he was utterly alone. Rumor has it that the security guard was so disturbed by the experience, he then quit. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, Sorry. if someone asked me for a match, I wouldn't be like, scared about it. I would just be like, no, bro. no. This. I would like, literally yeah. turn around and say, this is a non-smoking hotel. I'd be like, no one would be there. I'd be like, yeah, you better run. I'd be like, I got you, bro. Oh, no one? <laughs> no one. Oops. Well, as we've seen um, or heard, um, depending on if you're watching via YouTube or listening via wherever you're listening whichever, podcasts, uh, whichever platform whichever you Whichever holes you're using, your <laughs> eye holes, your ear holes, it doesn't matter. Or, maybe or your both. nose holes. Well, speaking of nose holes, there are a bunch of phantom smells <laughs> at the Driscoll. <laughs> oh, that was a good segue. Good job, Allison. I tried. Um, Unintentionally tried. Un- unintentionally. <laughs> So there are those who believe this phantom smoke comes from a different source, though. In Monica Ballard's True Haunting Tales of the Driscoll Hotel, Ballard proposes that there's an alternative explanation. So the Driscoll once housed actually a tobacco shop in the lobby, um, which probably could account for the you know hotel's paranormal experiences, paranormal phenomena. Because didn't they say there was like a cigar lounge for like the men's entrance? Yeah. So maybe it's just like baked in. You know, like how cigarette smokes like yeah. gets in there. Like maybe the cigar smoke is just like baked in. So all you disbelievers it's, out there, we do talk about the what ifs. It, it's making the building structure nice and strong. Yeah. That's all it's mm. doing. Lined with tobacco and cigar <laughs> smoke. Tasty. Delicious. <laughs> you don't love some tobacco smoke with that limestone? What? Ew. <laughs> The next ghost is that of Peter Lawless. Lawless, that's right. L-A-W-L-E-S-S. So this Man. next poltergeist actually is a full-body specter. So in the early 20th century, Peter Lawless worked as a ticket agent for the Great Northern Railroad. When his wife passed away, he actually decided to move into the Driscoll. Um, he was set up shop on the fifth floor of the hotel and then lived there for a total of 31 years. 31 years. Impressive, that's right? Well, paranormal people say that he may have never actually left. Oh, no. Yeah, visitors often witness Lawless exiting the elevator when glancing at the time. So this is a full-body apparition of just a man exiting the elevator and then just, like, checking his watch. 
With a single nod to the staff at the front desk, his full-body apparition dissipates from sight. Um, nope. That's a little spooky. Nope, nope. I'd be pulling the security guard and being like, got a blast. Employees even claim to see his spirit while they're doing housekeeping. They report tingling sensations before looking up to find an older gentleman just watching them. Yeah, that's a little sus. <laughs> they say he has black hair and wears dark pants and a white shirt, and he also has a pocket watch. So not a wristwatch, like checking the time on a pocket watch. Um, I don't think wristwatches were as popular back then. Um, then they witness Peter Lawless vanish again right before their eyes. Curiously, paranormal enthusiasts sometimes claim to watch Potter, Potter? Potter. Peter Lawless leave the Driscoll before stepping in front of a bus. Perhaps he's attempting to escape his restless afterlife after all. Oh, no. So he is like, you know what? I've lived here for so long. I'm just going to go stand in front of a bus for a minute. <laughs> also, if I could inherit anything from my stepdad's side, mm -hmm. it would be my stepdad's grandpa's watch. Ooh. I've bought my husband two pocket watches since we've been together. Um, I bought him one from Full Metal Alchemist. Any animators out there. And then I bought him like a little like vintagey one for like steampunky outfits. I think it has a train on it, if I'm right. Yeah, I would only want that watch because my he was a great er yeah, my great grandpa was a Freemason. Oh. And so it's My great grandpa was a Freemason too. Yeah, so like it has a little Freemason thing. That was a little spooky though. And then Should we do oh wait, don't we have a whole episode about the Freemason or about the Mason Temple or we, something? We do. I haven't done the research on it it's yet. It's not ready yet. It's um, still baking. Yeah. <laughs> also, my stepdad also has this like old tiny bow and arrow like Ooh, that's made out of wood. That's cool. And you just have to put the string on it. But that's another Ooh. thing. If I could if I had my choice in inheriting mm -hmm. anything from him, those would probably be the two things. And you know those items are probably haunted also, yeah. right? <laughs> but to be fair, I know that the watch like 99 99% guaranteed going to my brother. Oh, hide him for it. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Then you just gotta wait for your brother to die, and then you can take it from it's him. It's fine. <laughs> I guess my older brother deserves it. Sorry. He is the first in line, and it's always next Ew. to Ken that gets Men? it. Disgusting. So I guess. Well, back to the story. <laughs> um, so as we mentioned previously, this is, in fact, built on haunted, hollowed ground. So oh. now I'm going to tell the stories of the hauntings on hollowed ground. So this is like way back in the day, like before 6th Street even existed. Um, this part of the state actually belonged to Native American tribes, which, again, if you've taken Texas history, you know. Um, and there were, you know, of course, so the Native American tribes that inhabited the area. Do we not listen? No. Do we not listen? What have we talked learn? about on every episode? Do not build on Native American burial grounds. No. Don't take their land. Don't. Why are we terrible? Yeah, if they go over and if you try to take their land and they curse it, just don't do it. Just don't just do run. it. Let them have it. Yeah. So that way they can bless it and take it back over. Just let them well, have it. Well, you know, this is the problem with history. Nobody listens. And according to local legend, one of the most culturally essential springs sat here where you can now find six in Brazos streets today. So what do we know about springs? There are natural pathways for energies. What do we know about limestones? They're conductors for energies. So they just put so a they just whole put like a craft that helps the spirits yeah. communicate, possess, and just take over. Yes. So what have we That's learned? It's just like they, they stack these things on top of each other. So it's like hunting on top of hunting on top of hunting. 
Um, they were so really fun. baking a business there. <laughs> well, so much like the one um, that the Driscoll was erected upon, the artisan well was actually considered hollow ground by none other than the Apache, the Tonkawas, and the Comanche. Oh, no. Not just... <laughs> so we got a triple threat here. <laughs> Listen, that's not good. Y'all better run. And they all treated the artisan well as one of the most sacred places um, respective to their cultures. Oh. Well, at least they paid some kind of respect to it. Yeah, and each believed that the water has the ability to contain both willing and unwilling spirits. Six of Brazos functioned as the apex of various streams that ran through this part of central Texas. Perhaps explaining why this hotel is, in fact, so haunted. Well, duh. Mm-hmm. I hope they at least got rid of the limestone. No. Nope. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. They probably just built on top of it. Listen, those millions and millions of dollars of renovations had to go into something. Right. Well, so now we're going to get into the tragedy of the Driscoll Hotel. Ooh. So now we're getting into the sad part, as we do almost upon every episode. So... While hotels are notoriously known for welcoming anything within their walls, it's always a shock to discover the unexpected. Back in the early 1980s, the Driscoll staff experienced such a shock. As the story goes, a Houston socialite learned some devastating news in the early morning of the 1980s. Her fiancé had called off their wedding. Dun, dun, dun! So sad. The whys and the hows are to history, but the socialite decided that anything was better than crying at home. She would rather do the crying somewhere else, at the Driscoll. She promptly called the hotel and booked herself a five-day stay. After checking in, she made a quick stop by the bar and ordered herself a diet soda. <laughs> hey. Then she decided to go on a shopping spree and spent so much money. So in a matter of hours, guess how much she spent? A whole lot of dollars. $40,000. Jesus Christ. She spent a whopping $40,000, all of which she put on her fiancé's credit card. You Get go, em. girl. Get a bag. <laughs> Teach him, give him a lesson. And then when she returned to the Driscoll, it was with shopping bags galore. They hung from her arms, and those she couldn't carry, she actually made the shops deliver them to the hotel. Because she was like, ah, just bring it to the hotel room. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's With nary a word to the employees, the socialite whirled past them and took the elevator to her room. Allegedly, one of the housekeepers caught a glimpse of the socialite's heartbroken expression and took it upon herself to give the younger woman a ring on the guest room's phone. All she said to her was, please, let me know if you need anything, the housekeeper had told the socialite, but there was nothing that the housekeeper could do to mend her broken heart. The socialite then hung a do not disturb sign on the doorknob and quietly shut the door. When the housekeeper noticed the sign, she quickly rushed back to the employee desk and called the socialite's room. However, there was no answer. Panic then seized her, and moments later, she found herself knocking on the socialite's room door, again, with no response. Oh, no. We're getting sad, but I mean, if you put a do not disturb sign on your hotel room, like, that means you don't want to be disturbed, right? Um... Well, then, for this purpose, no, but for all other purposes, yes. Yes. Um, well, then the manager came up and attempted to unlock the door with the master key, but to no avail. The socialite had actually locked the room from the inside, so there was nothing to be done but take the door off its hinges itself. The door was removed, and the housekeeper rushed forth. 
But the reflection of the socialite in the mirror stopped her dead in her tracks. The socialite had taken a pillow from the bed and proceeded into the bathroom. There, she clamped the pillow against her stomach to muffle any sound before she then shot herself in the stomach. By the time management arrived, there was nothing to be done. Her body lay half in the bathtub, lifeless. So sad. That's so sad. I but mean, of course, we have to talk about the crimes that happen in the haunted locations. And so maybe now the socialite still is there today, shopping on her fiance's card. I mean, poor guy. Okay, not poor guy. No. Definitely not poor guy. Okay. He deserves it. But also, but no. also sad. Yeah. So that is the story of the socialite. The next is the story of the painting. So another folk story surrounding the Driscoll, Driscoll is that of a painting found on the fifth floor in the hotel. So the artwork is actually unnamed, and it's based on a painting by Charles Garland, and it's called Love Letter, which fits perfectly after the last story we told. Um, it's actually an unnerving piece brought to life by Richard King. It depicts a little girl holding a bouquet of flowers, which we mentioned earlier, and one hand, and the letter in the other. Ghost hunters claim that the painting depicts the four-year-old daughter of U.S. Senator Temple Leah Houston, who died in a horrible accident at the hotel. The painting is said to be haunted, and the people who strove by it constantly feel the presence of something sinister riding their coattails until they vacate the cursed building. So, a little bit more backstory, but mm -hmm. also a totally di different uh, version of what was, was told earlier. Yeah. And again, there are so many different stories that can be told over it. Um, but I mean, I can imagine you're a little ghost girl. You're just interested in, you know, like you see another painting of a little girl. Like you're going to be drawn to it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe there is something more sinister to it um, than just a little girl, you know? So, hmm, you never know. All right. Last but not least, it's the POTUS. Oh. POTUS. Go vote. And for all those history buffs, perhaps the most famous ghost to haunt the place is the power couple, in fact, of Ladybird and LBJ. Oh. Linda B. Johnson. So, of course, as we mentioned earlier in the history, the pair had their first yeah. date at the hotel. Isn't that cute? Back in 1934, they met in the Driscoll oh. dining room. And then, of course, like, they fell in love with the place because they fell in love. Yeah. Um, and so they flocked to the place not only to relieve, to relive, excuse me, their glory days, but for special occasions. The Driscoll became Lyndon B. Johnson's favorite place when he visited Austin, so much that he watched the results of the 1964 presidential election, again, as we mentioned in the history. After he bagged the ballots, he addressed his supporters from the ballroom, and they moved his tail feather in rather an insane victory dance with the chairs of his lackeys. So I wish there was like, I wonder if there's a video of this anywhere. This Ooh. was like back in the 60s. Do they, have, do they have videos back then? I don't know, but it'd be kind of interesting. Pictures. I want to see, I want to know what this dance was. Um, well, since the Driscoll was quite possibly his favorite place in Austin, to this day, people say that they still stumble upon him when in the ballroom, or they catch his reflection of the late president and his adoring wife in Aww. the mirrors out of the corner of their eyes. So from heartache and pain to broken heart to a love story that goes on forever, the Driscoll has a little bit of everything for a little bit of everyone. Yep. So... Aww. Very sad, cute. but cute. I love a good little ghost mommy. And 
keeping track of the ghost, hotel. Ghost mommy. Ghost mommy, come back. Um, Ladybird, we love you. Linda B. Johnson, sure you did okay. <laughs> I don't know if I have actual thoughts or feelings on that. I mean, honestly, can't speak much on something that we never lived through. Yeah, that's okay. We're young. We're babies. Um, but yeah, so that's the story of all the hauntings at the Driscoll Hotel. Aww. Well, thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Polter Gals. Awesome. Any last words? Um, nope. Other than we need to go visit this place. Woo. And again, like rooms book up so fast, but they do do haunted tours and stuff too. So yeah. check it out. If you need to go check them out, Driscoll in Austin, just Google it. Pop a quick Goog. You can find it. Um, you know what we should do? What? We should take a visit to this place, and then while we're there, visit Hannah. Aw, yeah. there we go. You know, if you're listening, we miss you. We love you. Yeah. All right. Come back. Please come back. Bye. 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 You've been listening to The Polter Gals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>